Jesus' parables only seem easy to grasp on the surface. Many of his parables are called challenge parables. They challenge conventional wisdom, meaning they provoke the listener to think differently, perhaps change their minds. But I have found that many, maybe most people, do not like to change their minds. We do not want the way we have been thinking about something to be challenged. We all have what psychologists call a confirmation bias. If we hear something new that fits into what we already think is true, we ask ourselves, may I believe this new information? That's a low bar. When we hear something new that does not fit with what we already think is true, we ask ourselves, must I believe this is true? That is a high bar. So we have a bias towards confirming what we already believe and discounting challenges to that belief. This is why the approach of telling a parable is so brilliant. Sometimes a story can get past mental defenses better than an argument. So Jesus told a lot of <clears throat> challenge parables, and this is one of them. Jesus sets up the story with familiar characters, a rich king and a slave. Nobody likes rich kings and nobody wants to be a slave. The people who heard Jesus tell this story were surrounded by rich kings. They may have been petty kings ruling over small territories under the watchful eye of the Roman Empire, but they were rich enough to have slaves and powerful enough to have people tortured if they wanted to. Nobody questioned their authority or power. Herod Antipas, for example, had John the Baptist imprisoned for trivial reasons and killed for less. So rich, powerful kings were familiar characters. But this is one reason this parable is going to be so challenging. It begins with an unsympathetic character, a rich king, who by the end of the parable we realize stands for God. Is God like this king? How is God like this king? In every way or only some ways? The challenge of this parable at first is, what is God really like? In scene one, God is magnanimous, forgiving a mountain's debt, let's say $10 million. But in scene three, after learning that his forgiven slave did not forgive his fellow slave's paltry $10 debt, the king hands him over to be tortured. Is that what God is like? How can God be both magnanimous and vindictive, merciful and brutal? The challenge gets even harder. We are expected to be merciful and forgiving like the rich king in scene one, but not vengeful and unforgiving like the king in scene three, because being unmerciful is what the forgiven slave was like, and that was why he was handed over to be tortured. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, had told his followers, Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. For Jesus, the goal was that we imitate God, but which view of God, the God who forgives or the God who punishes? The challenge gets even harder. Can we even do that? Can we forgive so much? Is it even possible? Jesus told this parable because Peter had asked him, Lord, if a brother of mine sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. Is that possible? And what happens to justice with all that forgiving going on? Is ever, anyone ever held accountable? If not, this, does this not give the bad guys and bullies free reign? Would this not set up, as economists say, a moral hazard? Forgiving debts may simply encourage risky investments. 
forgiving people who hurt us may simply allow them to continue inflicting pain. There are many challenges in this parable that this parable presents us with. I think we need to pause and ask, what is forgiveness anyway? And what is the level we are talking about? I believe we are talking about the interpersonal level, not the political or even the criminal level. We're not talking about what nations or courts should do, but how people should live with others in their community. It's about how we treat our neighbors. First, we should say what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not pretending that we were not harmed. Remember Peter's question, how many times do I forgive someone who sins against me? The fact that they sinned against me is not in dispute. Something happened. It was not right. Forgiveness is not trying to forget it, if that were possible. Forgiveness is not about having no consequences for bad behavior. So what is forgiveness? What does it mean to show mercy? It means wishing for the redemption of the one who wronged us instead of for vengeance. It means hoping for their healing, not their suffering. It means looking at people who are not doing the right thing, not as irredeemable sinners, but as people who are lost or who have gotten off track. That is how Jesus taught of, to think of people like lost sheep or like prodigal sons who always have the possibility of coming back home. In other words, forgiveness is about the refusal to live lives tied up in knots of resentment, bitterness, and anger. Because living that way helps no one. Someone said that refusing to forgive, harboring bitterness and resentment, is like drinking the poison and waiting for the rats to die. Living, focusing our minds on the bad that we have experienced and the punishments we would like to dole out, only makes our own lives miserable. The truth is that forgiveness is our superpower. Forgiving people who have wronged us releases us. It sets us free inside. But not only that, it is like magic in a community. A community of forgiving people is a joy to be a part of. A community of resentment, on the other hand, is a toxic community. Now, the community may need to hold people accountable. There may be consequences that are necessary. Restitution may be required, but the goal of those consequences is always to restore the wrongdoer, not merely to punish. The goal is never vengeance, but what is called restorative justice. The prodigal son was welcomed back and given a party, but his inheritance was gone because he had squandered it. The older brother, remember, wanted some kind of vengeance. He wanted to shame his little brother, but the father had no such plan. So the challenge to us is first to consider the question, what do we believe God is like? Do we believe God, that God who is defined in our scriptural tradition as love is like the king in scene one or scene three? Does God want our redemption and restoration or our punishment? The Hebrew Bible has many God stories. In some, God is magnanimous, Moses begs God for mercy, and God changes his mind from the punishment he had announced and simply forgives. On the other hand, there are stories of God punishing the people, for example, who grumbled against Moses in the wilderness by sending venomous snakes into the camp. Which God stories map up to the kind of God Jesus taught us to believe in? Which do not? 
This parable challenges us to answer that question for ourselves. It may even challenge us to change our minds if we allow it to. The second challenge for us is to ask ourselves, is there any vengeance in my heart? When I hear a parable about forgiving, who do I think about? Maybe I have a list of people who have hurt me. What do I want from them? Punishment or redemption? The first step in the process of forgiveness is to accept the challenge to be a person committed to showing mercy. Forgiveness was a huge theme for Jesus. It comes out all over the place. He spoke of turning the other cheek and going the second mile. He said if our relationships are polluted by ill will, we should not even go offer our gifts at the temple until we have reconciled. When they lowered the crippled man through the roof so Jesus could heal him, first he forgave him as he did the woman they had caught in adultery. The Lord's Prayer teaches us to practice forgiveness just as we have been forgiven. Jesus told us we have the keys of the kingdom. If we forgive the sins of anyone on earth, then they are forgiven in heaven. The climax was when Jesus from the cross cried out, Father, forgive them. If we want to be the church, as the banner says, we will be the kind of people and the kind of community that forgives often. So let us take up that challenge.